Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, and welcome to a new podcast, The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hi, everyone. On today's podcast, I'm going to look back at the 100 the Women's 100, with two guests, Sarah Bryce and Catherine Lang. Scotland's wicketkeeper Sarah was part of the winning Oval Invincibles team on the 21st of August, while Catherine scored a test century for England in 1996 and played in a World Cup semi-final the following year. Thank you both for coming back on the paddock and the pavilion. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. Well, thank you very much. Um, to start with, uh, congratulations, Sarah. How does it feel now to say you were part of the winning team? Yeah, it's pretty cool, especially kind of coming back around the kind of lightning team and being able to kind of remind people of it occasionally. Um, it's good fun. But yeah, no, it's it was really special to be part of. And yeah, it's starting to sink in, I think, a little bit more now, um, just how big, big a tournament it was. And Catherine, were you glued to your seat sofa watching the final? Um, well, it, it was the age old. I had to do it in between doing the cleaning and working and things like that. So, but I watched as much as I could. And what I really enjoyed was that, uh, you know, you, you finish work. I mean, I didn't get to any of the live games, unfortunately. Um, I'd have loved to. Um, but what I could do was finish work and then, you know, have an evening of watching some really good cricket or entertaining cricket. Um, it really was for me. And five days later, uh, Sarah, you were playing for Scotland in, in Spain. Yeah, it's been a busy few weeks, um, pretty non-stop. Um, but yeah, no, it was great to kind of get back with with the Scotland team and um, get you know to the the Euro qualifiers. And it was a really successful tournament for us as well, winning it and and beating Ireland to to do to do so so yeah it's been been a good few weeks but very busy so pretty tired now yeah you beat was it netherlands ireland uh germany and france you bowled germany out for 36 and france out for 24 where does that leave you now with qualifying for the women's t20 world cup so that takes us through to the global qualifiers um not we're not sure where that'll be yet and then if we 
come in the top two of that, that'll take us to the World Cup in South Africa in 2023. Um, so, yeah, we're at that kind of last stage of qualification where uh, Bangladesh, Zimbabwe, Thailand, those kind of countries will be involved. So I think that'll be next year sometime. So look forward to that. It'd be, fa- be fantastic to get Scotland to a to a World Cup competition, though. Yeah, definitely. I think that's been a dream of ours for, well, since I can remember. Um, so, yeah, it would be huge if we can do that. I think we're definitely making steps in the right direction. So um, hopefully we can you know, have a good tournament and, and make it there. Well, there's quite a few Scotland players that played in the 100, wasn't there? Yeah, so me, Catherine, and then my sister Catherine, and then Abdaham Maksud um, also played in it, leg spinner. So it's great to see kind of more... Scottish girls kind of coming through the system and playing at that higher level and if we can just get experience of that and playing with and against international players from those kind of higher ranked nations I think it's only going to help us improve more and more and um, yeah, it's really exciting to see more people getting involved and yeah hopefully it'll help us. Um, I mean I, I completely agree with that saying you know I'm really pleased to hear that you guys you know um, you hit the ground running and went to Spain and played but I feel like you've got a really good chance and you've all got to believe in yourselves. So being in that 2023 World Cup, I mean, I was really impressed. Obviously, you know, I'm not saying it because you're here, but, um, you know, yourself and your sister helped, you know, so well. Being a leg spinner myself, I was obviously very interested in Maxude as well. And I thought um, she really helped. You all competed just so well um, and for you to play against I don't know players like Van Niekerk and Cap uh, I mean especially I think for me during the whole tournament Van Niekerk just shone she's a great leader I'm sure you can give us some insights into her but she just seemed to lead the team very well and led by example and I just think what a fantastic experience for you personally to to be led by Van Niekerk, but obviously wicket keep against, you know, people like Cap. Um just a massive variation in in sort of like your bowling side that you have. And um uh, there was a obviously she's a lady and she Van Niekerk as well. So there was quite a lot of variation. You must have had to concentrate very hard. But what a great experience. I feel, I feel I really, you know, I'll be backing you guys in the next cup. You just made it, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, hopefully we can kind of go well. But yeah, Van Newkirk was, um, yeah, a brilliant leader, a brilliant captain. I think a lot of the tactical decisions that she made on the pitch yeah. were great. And there was quite a few times when she took a timeout and then that would, you know, we'd get a wicket straight after it or whatever. Um, and she, the way she spoke, I think, to us in the huddles, she was just so, like, she's quite a fiery character and she made you want to compete, yeah. made you want to really work hard for it. And, yeah, like you said, she just leads by example and it was amazing to see kind of the way she goes about her game in the preparation and then on the field and just to kind of be able to follow that. Um, and she demands high standards from you, but then um, she'll kind of praise you when you kind of put that effort in and um, I think that... That's what kind of the best captains do. Um, so yeah, it was an incredible experience, kind of being um, captained by her, and also having Shabna Mishmail in and Cap um, to keep against was definitely yeah. an experience. I've never kept kind of female bowlers 
of that pace and of that level before um, and that was really exciting because you were constantly in the game and you always felt like an edge was coming or something was going to happen so yeah it was just an incredible experience. Ishmael and Cap up in the Berlin so you got those out of the way and then you had like a left armour like fans so I, I played club cricket with passion and I think she's a fantastic competitor just you know firing a belly but you know, she's coming in at a different angle isn't she for you to to keep and and she does move it quite a lot and she can move it so you know you've got Farron and then you've got was it Katsy was Berlin uh what was it off it some yeah, quick yeah. offies and yeah yeah it had quite a quite a large variation to to sort of like cope with in a small amount of time I mean keepers usually get down quite a few games under their belt and get you and train in the winter with with their bowlers don't they but you were sort of like thrown in in the deep end really so um I think you did fantastically well and um I think that was a bit I'd probably say that was the best bowling attack do you think in the competition I think you've got nearly all my questions here um uh, oh I'm sorry no not <laughs> at all no it makes it more interesting I, I just I've just been in the kitchen making a cup of tea. Just go back to the group stages. Some of the questions will have been covered now, so uh, it all adds to the fun. But um, in the group stages, uh, the Oval Invincibles um, won four matches, lost, lost, uh, lost three, and had one abandoned. And you had the Eliminator twenty run twenty run win against the Birmingham Phoenix. And then you had no time for the build up for the final. You were playing the next day. Uh, how did it feel sort of playing the very next day? Because all the other games you've had sort of a bit more of a, a build-up to. Yeah, I think it was probably a slight advantage in the way, in a way because we just were able to take the momentum from the day before and just kind of almost carry on um, a little bit. And also the kind of nature of the win in the Eliminator when we were almost kind of down out of it a little bit. Um, and yeah, you mentioned earlier on, Catherine, about Tash um, having that kind of fire in her belly and she had a brilliant performance in that eliminator for us taking a really good catch at mid-off, I'm pretty sure it was, and then also getting the key wicket of Amy Johnson next over, I think. So um, that spell kind of changed the game and to then have that momentum of winning from a quite pretty, pretty difficult situation and being able to then just go out the next day I think actually helped us in a way um, to just kind of carry that on and yeah, worked out pretty well for us in the end. Yeah, Tash Farrant, she did get four wickets in that semi-final because you only had a 114 to defend and you also yourself got three catches in that uh, eliminator. Yeah, we I think we definitely knew that we were a little bit under par kind of at the halfway stage. Hadn't really got enough runs but we also knew that in a must-win game like that, you always it's always an advantage. I think having runs on the board, um, you know, because pressure comes into it, um, and I think that showed because they they obviously had a great partnership with Amy Jones and Aaron Burns, but we knew if we could just break that, then then we were through. So yeah, it's a good game. And in the final, you were playing against Southern Brave, who you'd lost to quite easily in the the group match. Um, they they had a very strong. Uh, batting lineup. How confident were you going into the final? I think we were pretty confident. We we didn't have our best game when we played against them. I think we we fielded pretty well as a unit on the whole throughout the competition. But in the first game against them, we didn't field well at all. You know, we dropped a few catches, a few misfields as well, and all that. Um, so we we were pretty confident that we 
could definitely give it a good shot anyway. And we knew that because they've had such a good run, you know, if you can put them under a little bit of pressure, they hadn't really experienced that as much um, maybe before. And that could potentially play into our hands a little bit. Um, and again, we were able to get runs on the board, which is always good in the final. And I think, you know, like you said, I think we did have one of the best bowling tacks in the competition. And that variation of lots of different types of bowlers as well, I think is really important, especially when you come across so many different types of wickets throughout a competition. If you always have the same type of bowlers, it might be brilliant on one day, but not work the other day. So I think that was also a, an advantage for us. And then obviously, Cap, Cappy had a incredible spell at the beginning of our second innings and just won the game for us there really um which you know she just showed that she's a world class bowler and yeah it was a pretty special time yeah Catherine how important in big matches are runs on the board yeah it it, it just puts that added pressure doesn't it on the on the batting side I think um I think there was a lot of there seemed to be a lot of um chat about you know what's a good score in the hundred and you know, personally, I'd say, well, you've got to aim for one a ball at least. Um, and then, you know, a boundary every over, and I think you're there. So, um, what was it, 120 odds uh, the Invincibles got in, in the final? I think it, ju- it just puts a bit of doubt in the, you know, the opposing batting side. Are we going to get this? They would. They were night games where it can get a bit skiddy later on and a bit dewy when you're batting. And, um, you know, if you're a bit old like me, you can't really see the ball as well under the floodlights. There's lots of, I think Sarah's right, you know, runs on the board in those type of games is really important. Yeah, I think on the previous podcast I spoke to Sarah, I think you said the pass score was for the women's game was 120, was it? 130? Yeah, I think it changed a little bit as the yeah. competition went on. It was it was interesting going into it before we'd actually played any games. We just played a couple of warm-up games. We were actually thinking around 150 might be um, the kind of score that we were looking for, um, kind of with everyone just going at 15 off 10 balls. It doesn't really matter if you get out. But then yeah. that, se- that did seem to change a little bit and it became more like T20, I guess, uh, where partnerships were still important. Um, and yeah, I think 130 was kind of your target score, I think, in general. But you knew that if you got above 120, then you were well in the game. Um, so because we obviously saw, saw a couple of scores of 140, 40 odd. But yeah, I think 130 was your target with anything above 120, you'd be happy with. And in, in a flash in the final, they were 14 for six. I mean, I know watching because it, with the scoreboard, the, you'd see how many runs were required. And I was trying to work out how few runs they'd got and how many wickets had gone at the start. Yeah, it was crazy. I think because of the countdown, you didn't quite appreciate how good a start it was until you saw the little, like you said, 14 for six, because that was very small, just above the DLS, I think. Um, and then kind of looking at that, you were like, wow, like what is happening here? Like I couldn't believe what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, Marizan Cap got four for nine off 18 balls. And as as Catherine uh, said earlier, it, it was that your bowling attack, you think, was the strength of the Oval Invincibles? Yeah, definitely. I think we trusted ourselves to defend any score and with that and also with the fielding unit that we had to back that up. I think that's also really important because if your bowlers are doing great things but you can release pressure with boundaries or drop catches, then it's never quite as effective. So I think it shows how important the fielding is um, as well to kind of back up that bowling attack that you have. 
Well, you won the final by 48 runs. What were the celebrations like afterwards? I saw you across in the one of the boxes in the in the Warner stand. Yeah, it was it was great. We just kind of chilled out in the changing room for a bit and had a kind of few drinks and sang our team song and um, we come up with watched the men's game. Um, and then it was quite nice at the end of the men's game, both teams, like both men's and women's kind of winners went out um, and lifted the trophy again together uh, with kind of fireworks um, above the media centre. And then we, there was some drinks kind of around um, which friends and family could come to and we just kind of stayed around the ground for a little bit afterwards as well. So it was, it was really nice that you were able to stay there in the ground and soak up kind of the atmosphere and the occasion and the place as well um, for a little bit afterwards. So, yeah, that was really good. Oh, those were the fireworks I must have heard when I was walking down the Wellington Road back to the tube stop then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just widening the conversation conversation out a bit, um, Catherine, how important do you think the 100 has been to the women's game? I'm massively important. I mean, um, you know, there was massive build-up to it and um you know credit goes to you know all the marketing teams and sponsors and the commercial side of it um and I think just having those crowds I mean people were turning up to the women's game at what time did it start half two three o'clock genuinely wanting to watch the girls play and we're, we're not talking about a few hundred. We're, we're talking about a few thousand, aren't we? I, I don't know if you've got the figures, but, you know, whenever I saw some of the games on TV, um, you know, the families were there all enjoying themselves. And I think one uh, one thing that I did notice about uh, the women playing was that they just genuinely seemed to be really enjoying themselves. They're all smiling. They're all really up for it. And that's so important, um, you know, to get that momentum. And I don't, I don't think, you know, they stopped from there. And to get those amount of crowds, it must have been a little bit disconcerting. Yeah, there the were 17,000 17, people at the, uh, at the final. It's just unbelievable. I mean, you know, this poor, um, you know, Alice Capsie, who's 16 years old, who's played really well. And then, you know, she's, striding out into the ground of um you know 17,000 people it's I thought they handled it really well and, and Sarah how important do you think the hundreds been to the women's game I think it's been huge I think just the visibility that it's kind of brought to the game has increased so much and for players to be able to play in front of crowds like that I mean I've never experienced anything even remotely like it. It's always just been kind of family and maybe a few extra friends, if you like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we'd only ever played in front of kind of family and friends before. So to be able to play in front of such big crowds of kind of 10,000, 17,000, I think it was in the final, I think it's only going to set players up better kind of for international cricket or going to that, that next level. And just having that experience as well is incredible. And to play in front of that. Um, and I think Heather Knight might have touched on it at some point that, um, it means that those domestic players that get called up to the England side or um, whatever will be more prepared for playing in World Cups um, and the likes of that. So hopefully if Scotland can make it through to the World Cup, having that experience of playing in front at grounds like that, in front of crowds like that, will hopefully be invaluable. And yeah, I think just the visibility of the game. Um, I mean, it was on BBC Sport and BBC News and 
I don't think that's ever really happened to the same extent anyway. So hopefully it's just brought a lot of new fans into the game and then people will discover the other formats as well. And do you think playing in those pressure situations improved you as a player as well? Yeah, definitely. I think it tests you and makes sure that you really know what you're doing because there's no hiding. Um, so, yeah, I think it's definitely, I've definitely learned a huge amount kind of from the 100 and it's forced, it forces you, I think, to make sure that you really know your game and um, what you need to do in different types of situations. It's certainly a very intense form of cricket, isn't it, to play when every, I know every ball counts in every game, but there's no sort of easy time in a in a hundred ball match, is there, where you can sort of coast a bit? Yeah, no, not at all. It's very high intensity. Um, yeah, like you said, and I'm pretty sure it was the slogan was, you know, every ball counts. And, you know, I think that is absolutely true. You know, every ball really does count. And the shorter the game gets, um, kind of every ball is more important and you just have to make sure that you're fully focused the whole time um, which you know I think just adds to the excitement as well because it can change in a few balls as well Certainly as a spectator you need to keep watching carefully Yeah especially also in the men's game with the ball coming flying into the stands quite a bit so. Certainly right there Catherine would you like to have played in, in a franchise event yourself? Yes I mean yeah definitely I'd love, I think I'd love the razzmatazz of it all and the music and the DJs and the, uh, you know, being watched by loads of people. Um, yeah, definitely my thing. Uh, and the cricket as well, not just the music and the DJs. Oh, sorry. Are you asking about cricket? Yeah, and I was the, about the, cricket, yeah. sounds really good. No, but yeah, I would have liked to play in, on that platform. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can't just put one of these fancy shirts on and go and enjoy the music and the DJs. Um, your leg spin would have been perfect, though, for an event like this. I think, I think, yeah, well, not. I'm not agreeing with you about my leg spin. Um, but I did notice a lot of full tosses weren't actually put away, and that was my special ball, the full toss. So it usually got a wicket or two. I thought that if there's a, another good... Another good thing that has come out of the 100 is that the spin, there was a lot of spin. There were a lot of leggies, there were offies, there were left armers. Um, Kirstie Gordon bowled beautifully um, whenever I saw her. Yeah, I just, I just thought um, spin probably prevailed throughout the competition more than, more than sort of like the other bowling types. So, so yeah, I'd have, I'd have given it a good go. Who for both of you were the, the leading players in the tournament? Just uh, pass that on to Sarah, see what see what she thinks to put you on the spot. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably slightly biased, but I thought Alice Capsey and Tash Barrett were kind of, um, both had brilliant tournaments. I think especially Capsey, I mean, she's only 16, 17, she turned 17, I think, during the tournament. Um, so for such a young player to on that sort of stage. I mean, in a way, it might have made it better that she was younger because she was like, able to take it in her stride and it didn't overwhelm her yeah. because it wasn't so out of the ordinary, if you like. But um, yeah, I think she had a brilliant tournament and so did Tash kind of coming, she's come back into the England setup um, more recently, but she's obviously had a, a difficult few years. So I'm just so pleased for her because she's such a great person as well. So it's great to see her have a great tournament, but also away from my team, I think. 
Sophia Dunkley. I mean, she's had a brilliant year and she just carried that on in the hundred and again, such a nice person. So it's it's so nice to see her doing so well. And Catherine, I'd written down, funny enough, on my notes here, Alice Capsey and Sophia Dunkley. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, you know, I completely agree with, um, obviously, Tash, because I've seen her, um, you know, grow and develop at, at club level. Um, and, you know, Dunkley, yeah, um, she's going to be around a long time. Um, and she's got, she seems to have a very, very good temperament that, nothing will faze her and she'll just she'll just get on with it and she'll play at any level and play well and work hard and very good fielder I know you you, um touched on it earlier Sarah but I mean for me you know the recipe of a successful side is you know everyone's got to be a good fielder and Tash took some absolute screamers um you know Dunkley feels well so I'm afraid I'm gonna to have to sit on the fence and agree with both of you um but I'd like to what I was pleased about just going back to my northern roots is uh Alice David Richardson I think had a good tournament and I'm being completely biased because she played at my club as well but um I've always valued her and she's very much a thinking cricketer um as well as you know very talented so I would like to see her do better, you know, in the next two or three years. I I really believe that she can. And Sarah, are you hoping to be part of the 100 in 2022? Yeah, definitely. If I'm asked back, I'll definitely, I'll definitely be there. Um, Yeah, no, it was an incredible tournament and it's only going to get bigger and better, uh, which is, makes it even more exciting. So yeah, I'd love to be part of it again next year. Is there a draft for the the women for 2022 or? Um, they've not confirmed, I don't think, exactly how it's going to go. But as far as I'm aware, it's not a draft as such. It's more just speaking to people and offering them different things. And would either either of you like to see any changes to the tournament? No, I I think it was it was beyond expectation, really. I think it was a great start to something that could have some longevity. And it just needs to snowball a bit so those those families and those children that attended um all of the matches you know they need to be going down to the cricket clubs don't they and and playing themselves and meeting all the stars and um you know building it up from grassroots so I think it's it's been the perfect start I don't I can't really find anything negative about it I just think it was really successful yeah, I, I agree with kind of what you said there. And I think the only thing that I'd, I'd like to see is that kind of promotion, those huge promotion for the 100. And I think that that really paid off. But can they then promote other aspects of the game, um, like the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy that's going on for the women's game at the moment, or the T20 Blast or the County Championship for the men? Can they almost promote that within the 100 a little bit more to kind of mm-hmm. bring those new fans to the other aspects of the game as well so they don't just they're not just there for the six weeks during the 100 and then they go off and you don't hear about them for the, for the rest of the year uh, but they actually get invested in the game and yeah that'd be great to see do you think we should continue with uh, double headers Absolutely. yeah yeah i think it worked really well this year and that was a kind of came about because of covid i believe and 
some complications with that. So I think it was was great. There's obviously a little bit of debate on whether it's good or not, but I think it's definitely at this stage at the moment, I think it's definitely hugely beneficial for the women's game and it just gets those spectators in and hopefully they enjoy it and then want to just go see women's cricket anyway. But for now, I think it is really good. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was fantastic value as well to actually see two two games of cricket. I mean, the prices were very reasonable and especially if you've got um, young families um, uh, to see two games and I, they, whether they could even have an England um, 2020 game with a, a women's game before like we've had before and they'd get bigger crowds uh, next time. Yeah, I, th- I think the double headers really, really worked and, you know, for the spectator... Uh, you're getting to see two games of cricket. So, yeah, it's win-win, really, I think. Right. Well, either of you got any final thoughts on the 100 of 2021? Just, for, like I said, just very, very successful competition and credit to everyone that played, organised, sponsored, um, you know, participated. It's just uh, They should be really proud of themselves, I think. And from a member of the one of the winning teams. Yeah, it was just an incredible competition. So hopefully it can just keep getting better and more and more exciting. And yeah, look forward to next year. You just missed the chance to play against your sister. That was the only thing that, of all the games to get abandoned, was the game between the Oval Invincibles and the Trent Rockets. And your yeah, parents, parents with their hats and coats, whatever they were going to wear, to say who they were supporting. Yeah, it was a shame that was cancelled, but... I'm sure hopefully we'll get another chance at some point. Well, thank you both. Uh, thank you, Catherine and Sarah, for joining me on the paddock and the pavilion, talking about the the 100 in, and in particular, of course, the Women's 100, which was uh, a fantastic success in 2021. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for the invite and thanks, everyone, for listening. Good luck, Sarah. Um, I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. You can download the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Pad and Pav. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.